Exactly. When it doesn't feel inspired, like just do it anyway. That's that is this so valuable to me. Just do it anyway, and you know, like shed the judgment because I don't know. Like I can always write a better book. Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buda. Welcome to Darken the Page. Today's interview is with Emma Harrison Clark. She is a woman I met here in Bali, and she is a ghostwriter um, and has been a professional ghostwriter for several years. Has some really interesting things to say. She shares how she writes 3,000 words a day. She talks specifically about the outlines and the way that she prepares, which is really useful. She talks about how she became a ghostwriter and the ways it's made her a better writer. And I think you'll get a lot out of this interview. Make sure you head over to darkenthepage.com slash, uh, what's the number? Oh, 023. And you'll get the show notes from it. And enjoy the episode. So I'm here today with Emma Harrison Clark. And she is a fellow Bali expat. Mm-hmm. For how long? How long are you living here? So I've been here for eight months now. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm still new. Status, nearly. I think maybe like when you get to years. I think maybe when you get to twenty years, you can call yourself an expat. I met someone at a party when I first got here that said, uh, "Well, you know, there's a hierarchy of expats." There's there totally is. Yeah. And once you can speak Indonesian too, then you really... How, how's your Indonesian? Uh, it's okay. Bagus. I um, yeah. went to Indonesian classes for the first maybe three months. And then, you know, I started working more and gave it up. I didn't do my homework. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. I, I didn't do my homework, Dave. Yeah. I was disappointing my teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like at least the class that you enjoy taking in your life right now is writing. Mm. It's probably not too hard to do your homework there. Mm. Um, you also get paid for your homework too, which is kind of helpful, I think. Um, but you're a ghostwriter, and one of the things I love about ghostwriters is that they, the art of writing, is very present. I feel like because when I write for myself, it's it's to me it's like you get, it's part philosophy and sorting out my own thoughts and part writing, mm-hmm. and. And then when I write for other people, whether it's like copywriting or if I'm just helping somebody write something, I guess I guess I just have the, a deep appreciation for the art of writing because that's really all I'm focusing on. I'm just sort of asking them and pulling the information out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I totally know what you so mean. So I really I was excited to talk to you today, and um, thanks for just being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into this whole ghostwriting thing? Were you always just a naturally amazing writer? Oh, was, you know, no. people just throwing money at you your whole life for writing? How was it? Oh, look, I had that dream when I was a little girl. I want to be a writer. And I spent some time um, starting to craft my own books and doing outlines and plot structuring classes. And um, then I went and did a degree in writing and a degree in copywriting. And... Um, so even though I've been writing for 10 years and loved it, I didn't start making money off my writing until about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the labor of it, um, going to work every day, is what's made me better, you know? Mm-hmm. And what made you decide to start being a professional? What made you decide to go into the, all right, you know, let's get paid for it. What, did somebody suggest that or would, it, would somebody just say hey I want to hire you for something or did you make a decision you said I, I want to try this I want to try to get 
do this as a professional yeah i mean i love it i want that to be my job i want to love my job you know before i was a bar manager and um yeah, I want to work with my brain, not my body. And so I just thought, well, I'm going to get the right qualifications and then target the right people. And mm-hmm. so I kind of went about it with, um, yeah, a, quite a determination mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. to get work. And yeah. One of the things that, that I think about when I think about doing that kind of work is what if I forget about my own writing? Like what if, I, what if I'm so full with doing other writing stuff that I forget about my own writing do you ever think about that or how does that work out for you honestly I have forgotten about my own writing Mm -hmm. right now anyway um for the first little while it used to bug me um and then actually just the pleasure of writing whether it's my own or someone else's became enough Mm. so yeah like I kind of I want to have a life where I you know feel good about what I do and where it doesn't feel like work yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess in a bigger sense, when we really zoom out, I mean, doing our own writing and doing other people's writing, yeah, it, it they they come together in a sense. When I when I when I zoom out, it's yeah. not so important. Ultimately, it's it's about the expression and 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 the act. That's what's enjoying. That's what's enjoyable. Not not having a book on a bookshelf. Yeah. It's about doing it every day, and I love that. Yeah, and you know, to be honest, I've always had a problem with ego in the sense that whenever I've been writing for myself, I just, um, I've been so full of judgment and expectation and just so aware of the possible audience that I've never really been able to write freely Mm -hmm. um, unless I was not showing it to someone. Mm -hmm. So sort of writing for other people really lifts that and just lets me enjoy the craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So give us just like a quick background on what you're working on right now. You said you have a, you have a four-book contract. Like what, what is that like just maybe if you even people who don't really understand what a ghostwriter's life or schedule is like? Like what are you up to in that way? Okay, so um, at the moment I'm working for a marketing company in the U.S. and they have several pen names. We have a lot of those marketing companies in the U.S. Yeah, yeah many. <laughs> um, you know, so they've got names. I can't actually tell you what name I'm writing under. Mm-hmm. But um, together with an author, I'll Did put... Did you get to make up the name you're writing under? No. Oh, man. No, I got given it. Wow. So, yeah. Was that exciting or was that... It oh. is quite exciting. I kind of feel a little bit like a secret agent especially with the nda because you know i can't tell anyone that it's me yeah but you know i can sort of say oh that that ride is quite good and yeah yeah if you were going to make up your own pen name mm-hmm. what would it have you ever thought about that it depends what i'm writing yeah. i really believe in um, targeting names to audiences mm-hmm. so if i was going to write thrillers um, i would make it something manly and mysterious like oh, probably nice. have initials to start with you like maybe i don't know oh, i don't know like Initials are good. Initials are very... J.C. Dunham. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like know, something. M.C. Escher or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Night Shyamalan or something. Yeah, something wicked. Is. That would be fun to do to to write as a, a man, too. To be, to like, really mm. just throw that off. I would, I would yeah. be... That would be really a fun project to have a pen name. You know, I just got this great... I love writing articles and sending them to all sorts of people or whatever. And, and having a pen name as a woman and writing for, like, women's... Ma- ring women's uh, magazines or stuff like that. I mean, it'd be a challenge, but it'd be really fun. You know, I totally wow, agree. I like that. See, there's um, the book that I'm writing Although at the not, moment. It, hopefully, it's not out now, and but I think enough people wouldn't know that this is. Yeah, you could totally so do it. It good. could be another aspect of your life, mm. of your opinions. Totally. See, the book I'm writing like now writing is cross-dressing. Yeah. You know the 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 key that the the right yeah the pen the cross-dressing pen name yeah. It's really, because uh, then you get to think about how you express yourself as a woman. 
I, it really would, yeah. And it, and it would be more comfortable for me to do it that way than to put on a dress, although I've put on dresses before. Um, you know, it's just, it just feels more of a fun expression, whereas somebody, somebody might say, you know, a fun expression would be to actually dress up, but for me, writing would be more fun. Yeah, same. Huh. Yeah, same. The, uh, this is exactly where I thought this conversation was going to go, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the story I'm doing, I'm writing now is from a dual perspective, funnily enough. So one chapter from him, one from, chapter from a, a uh, ma- male, female. Oh, did you say Joe? Jewel. Oh, Jewel. Yeah. Jewel like perspective. Jewel. Like, like yeah, like two. Oh, dual. Oh, yeah. Okay, dual, dual. Okay, <laughs> My yeah, accent, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. you know. Well, I... Yeah. I loved. I, just, I love the. I just love hearing about the little English words that I don't really know about. Sometimes I get, especially Australians. I feel like just make up the coolest words. Uh, yeah. I feel like America should adopt more Australian words. Totally. Yeah. Totally agree there. Yeah. 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 So what we're talking about is quite relevant because mm-hmm. it's from a male and then a female perspective, chapter by chapter. Uh-huh. So it's. Oh, and you're writing both. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's mm. yeah. It's interesting. How do you do that in terms of? Um, do you do you think about okay? I, I want to really make this sound very different because it's obviously coming from the same person. Mm-hmm. Do you do you do you think about that at all when you're writing it? Mm, yeah, it's really important. And so I um, phrase his. I have uh, different terminology that he uses to refer to life events that he uh, sort of shorter sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, he has. Uh, just everything's structured differently because, you know, it's, it's a man talking, whereas she's more internal, he's more external, there's more dialogue. Uh, yeah, it's nice. quite interesting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she's got lots of emotion happening. Yeah, he's kind of more desire-driven. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just, I really am so present to what this kind of work that you're doing does just for you as a writer too. I mean, it's like you're getting to, it's like, it's like, it's like an athlete but then an athlete goes and plays a bunch of different sports, or like a musician who maybe has just played the guitar all his life, but then goes and plays the drums and the bass and, and learns about all the different like aspects of music and then becomes a much better guitar player mm. because of that. And that's actually something, uh, my other life as a musician and you know guitar players that have never played drums, like that changes their guitar playing. It's a really good thing to do. Mm. And so that's exciting to like really, to, be, to become a much more well-rounded writer through these assignments because normally we wouldn't give ourselves these assignments it wouldn't be something we train on mm, yeah it's really exciting and um it's, it's like a muscle writing you know the more you write the better you get mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what would you say you've learned in the process of ghostwriting that you let's say you were talking to an audience of, of writers and mm-hmm. not necessarily ghostwriters just people who write you know let's say they have a a blog and they're trying to write more on the blog or they're, they're trying to write a book and they're kind of just in that beginning phases. What have you learned ab- about as a ghostwriter that had, that would apply to other people in their own writing, even if they're not writing for somebody else? Mm. Um, you know, there's great power in the systems. So being a ghostwriter, you um, are putting out a high word count. I write 3000 words a day. Mm-hmm. So that requires some um, determination. And instead of just writing free form, I have a really detailed outline um, of every chapter of what's going to happen, what could happen, what nuances I want to happen, what conflicts 
could be coming up or internally or externally. And mm. I actually have a word number by each point. So I know that I'm writing 500 words um, on a scene where they have a disagreement. And then I'm writing a thousand words on a scene where someone finds out about an injury or... And uh, that has been incredibly helpful. Um, it means that I can turn out the words every day and means that the plot comes together really well. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, I can go back and edit it. But yeah, it's kind of like to get those first words on the page. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Are you mostly writing fiction? Uh, yeah, at the moment. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would, do you think your process would be different for nonfiction? Um, well, I guess my process comes from nonfiction, you know, yeah. from being a copywriter and knowing the space that I have and the words that I have mm-hmm. um, to use before the subject and content goes in. Because mm-hmm. so I'm really interested in this for myself since I'm just a very reckless writer in general. So when I hear that you have this structure, it's, it's fun. It's like, I'm like, ooh, like, really? That's Yeah, it that's really amazing. lets you cut <laughs> loose. Like, really yeah. lets you cut loose because you've got it really clear boundaries. And so within those boundaries, that mm-hmm. word count, you can just do what you like. And that's, it's a real freedom. The creativity comes out, you know? Mm-hmm. So tell me just really specifically, like, what does that actually look like? Like, if I were to go try this afterwards, mm-hmm. what I, what would I need to know? Not necessarily to do it exactly like you, but um, what are the key points? What do you need? So you to start, you know, you start with an outline and then you, um, how, how, do you how does this actually work? So you start with an outline and then you have some character details um, and then you have core conflicts internal and external for the characters to resolve during the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrative stuff, you'll have a couple of peaks. Uh, there are all sorts of different forms. The thriller that I'm writing at the moment, you know, there's, um, well, it's quite templated. It's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you can find anywhere online. Um Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, how to write a thriller. Okay. But um, and then what I do is break that down into. Is that similar to like like doing a hero's journey? Yeah, doing thing? a hero's journey, like having the arc and thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure that. What's the most interesting part of the journey for you in a thriller? Because um, even though it's to me when I talk about it, it's actually oh my god, that's so true. Yeah. Like I thought about this in this podcast, and that and then I've been kind of t- creating a storyline arc within it. Yeah. You know, and and start. Oh, where did you start off? Was it? People say, oh, this wasn't always easy, but let me tell you, know, and that kind of thing. But it's, what about a thriller is fun in terms of plot for you? Look, I really like the all is lost point, yes. <laughs> which is, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> in every story, there's a moment when everyone thinks that they're buggered, mm-hmm. basically, and nothing's going to go right. And mm-hmm. um, the skill around resolving that for them without it seeing formulaic, mm-hmm. um, I think that's quite a craft. Do you ever write? Them, those characters into that corner without knowing how they're going to get out? Um, no, not really. Yeah. I have plans. <laughs> you know, Maybe I'm different. Um, yeah, but I always have a plan yeah. and things happen inside um, the chapters that I don't expect, but uh-huh. generally I'll have a resolution for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I had heard the writer for that movie. What were you going to say? Oh, the writer for uh, Batman Begins recently and... He said that one of the things he does when he's writing is he'll think to my he'll think to himself, what is the worst possible thing that could happen to this character right now, to the main character? Yeah, and, and he'll go there. And, and Love certainly it. that's with Batman, that's easy. Um, but yeah, that's a really that's a really fascinating thing. What what else about the thrillers do you do you enjoy? And did you actually get to choose writing a thriller, or was that just kind of given to you? Uh, well, I got hired for the thriller job for the series of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. 
for me, um, I really like conflict kind of violent thrillers <laughs> myself. Mm-hmm. You know, romance is good and it balances things out, but I really I like what the Batman writer has said because mm. it's so good just like bashing your characters, just taking them to the, you know, complete rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and then resurrecting them, you know, I'm uh, always for the underdog. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I really enjoy that and just kind of shocking my author in a way. Uh, That's the person I submit to with, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, like a protest outside an abortion clinic or Mm -hmm. just things that, you know, you wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, and and do you ever, and then you always have a villain essentially, right? Mm. So do do you enjoy getting into the head of the villain? And kind of being the villain to it. We talked to this guy, Steve Windsor, who was on episode 11. And he's such a fun guy. And he writes some really, really, like, gory. I don't say gory, but it's very, yeah, angels and demons kind of fiction. And it's really fun. And and, and, I, and I saw that he really enjoyed getting into the, the evil characters, too. Mm. How do you feel about that? Oh, look, I think everyone's got an evil side to them. You know, I've certainly got that. So I just kind of delve into that. And it's more comfortable than writing the sweet, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's more comfortable for me to inhabit that space. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that says about me, but... um, I think, well, I think that's that's really good. I mean, it's, it's... I can't imagine anybody not writing fiction and not enjoying... I can't ima- imagine people writing fiction and not enjoying the fantasy of it yeah. in some extreme way. Because even the extreme... An extreme anything is going to be weird to someone. Yeah. So I love that. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it's okay, so I'm really curious more about... So you do 3,000 words a day and you yeah. have... I mean, you, tell me about this. Like, how do you how do you get this done? How How is it... You know, what what are the things that you use to really ensure your success? And how does that work out for you? Okay, so I only work five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally do other work on Mondays, like today. Um, and so I get up in the morning, normally about 5.30, I have my coffee and um, get a thousand words out before um, kind of 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. It normally takes me about uh, half an hour to an hour to do a thousand words. Mm-hmm. So I try and get that out. And that kind of really eases the, I guess there's a bit of anxiety that comes with knowing you've got to do 3,000 words in a day. Nice, yeah. And so I tackle it with um, little steps, 1,000 words at a time, and then I'll do something else, make sure I break it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's how I tackle that with really clear goals mm-hmm. and lots of breaks. And, you know, there is a fair amount of discipline in there because I don't always feel like writing. I yeah. don't feel like being in their space. Yeah, mm-hmm. often her chapter will come along. I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to do his chapters. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And do you ever feel like if you're writing and it's you're just kind of pushing it out, but it's not inspired, do you just let, do you let it go with that and then say, I'll come back and edit this maybe? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. When it doesn't feel inspired, like just do it anyway. That's, yeah. That is just so valuable mm-hmm. to me. Just do it anyway and, you know, like shed the judgment because... I don't know, like, I can always write a better book. You know, it can, it can, a book can be finished, it can never be finished. Yeah. You know, and um, that stuff is crippling for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, if I'm just quite sensitive. And, yeah, if I was to get caught up in those moments, mm-hmm. I'd never write a book. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned earlier this thing about it's easier to, to ghostwrite because your ego's not involved. Yeah. Um, 
what do you find gets in the way? What, what do you find that's different about, about ghostwriting if, if your ego's not involved? Like, what does your ego do, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> you know? Okay, so... What's your ego's, like, favorite tricks to, to, s- to sidetrack you? I guess the best way to answer that is to think about how I would write if it was for my, under my own name. Mm-hmm. And it would be a really stunted process in the sense that I would have judgments and interruptions and sure, I'd be able to freeform for a while if I made myself, but I'd never actually be happy, I think, with, well, truly happy, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I really can't honestly say I don't think about audience, you know, I'm a commercial writer, I write for the audience, right. so um, even writing my own stuff, um, I succumb to that and it um, it really locks me down and I don't, my creativity gets squashed. Uh-huh. So like writing as a ghostwriter, having complete anonymity is, um, well, God, you know, just none of that stuff comes into it. Mm-hmm. Not my name. Aha, uh-huh. just laughing, just laughing, writing and laughing. Nice. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> just, I'm like, yeah, put that in there. <laughs> See if we can get that past the author. Yeah. 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 Nice. Just like pushing the boundaries. How, how, like when, when, when the author reads it or the, or the publishing company, whoever, like how, how much are they really picking apart what you write? I and mean, how much freedom do you have? Well, this author is amazing. She just sends me back an email and says, oh, I love your writing. Good work. And doesn't even make any changes. Occasionally yeah. she'll send notes on a character like, oh, I want Blake's tattoo to say this or, yeah. but you know, she's really, really flexible. So I'm lucky with, you know, in this instance. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how does that work with, with authors in ghostwriting? So in, in terms of like this, so let's say there's a person that's called, let's say he's a man and he's a writer, he's an author and he publishes things under his name but has writers do his work. Does he write sometimes and then sometimes have people write for him? Is it like a, like what is that? What's that about? You know, are we being are we being fooled here? Like the, and is that okay? And you know, in a sense, right? Like, what what's that? I mean, obviously, John Stewart doesn't write all his jokes. You know, like he's up there delivering them. And, but what are the benefits for an for an author to do this? Is because they already have a big name and they just need to keep putting out stuff, or what's that about? It's all about brand recognition. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, <laughs> if you've got someone who's um, a mass market big seller mm-hmm. and they need to crank out a book every six weeks then you'd try and they get crank out books every six weeks six to eight weeks yeah sometimes less wow. yeah and uh, really big on the kindle market yeah so like uh, yeah not even in paperback uh-huh. people consume um online books like in a day uh-huh. um which kind of brings my questions up around reading and how present they are to the story but yeah what do you think about the trends in reading in terms of what people are into and the Kindle books and the e-books and this kind of thing? And well, I've got um, a bookshelf at home full of books, but yeah. I've also got a Kindle packed with books. Yeah. So I, I like the Kindle because I can read at night without a lamp. You know, um, I like it because I can take all my books with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what it's done for um, online publishing, publishing and letting authors, you know, have their own say without having to have, yeah, a big yeah. name behind them. Yeah. Um, I think it brings the quality down, mm-hmm. yeah, as well. So. Sure, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. overall, because people are getting more practice. Yeah, you know that there's more being published. That you know the the if you look at the top, it's better maybe. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It's mm. it, because there's just so it's a f- it's like music in a way because it's so flooded. It's like well, there is a lot of examples of stuff that's not very good. Whereas thirty years ago, the gate- gatekeepers would have kept them out. Mm. Um, 
and do you so you personally like reading on a Kindle? I I did the Kindle. We moved here in November, and so we packed up our stuff in San Diego, and he, you know here in here in Bali, and there was just no way when I looked at all the books I owned. I mean, it was like two bookshelves of books, and it just occurred to me at that moment, this is totally insane. Like mm. I, I just would much rather have a device <laughs> mm. and then these books in a cloud where even if I lose the device, the books, I can literally not lose the books. Mm. That was really attractive for me. Um, mm. How So how has your reading changed? I mean, you said you enjoy the Kindle and mm. do you still like kind of are nostalgic for paperbacks or do you kind of just, you know, like hey, whatever? I, th- I think, you know, I would like to have all the books I have in Kindle in real life. Because mm-hmm. I imagine my bookshelf would look amazing. That could be a new thing. So that could <laughs> be so like a like a TV screen bookshelf. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah, that'd be you great. Can just project the books the onto books the screen, have, yeah. and then you touch it, and then it appears in your Kindle. Yeah, so you can kind of see the cover. Touch screen bookshelf, and that's yeah. pretty expensive just to have a bookshelf. But you yeah. never know. That could be you know mm. like a little projector on the wall. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be amazing. Wow, why are we thinking so many amazing ideas here? Um, just a blank wall and then a projector of the, the of books. Your books and it would yeah. just and it would take the feed from their Kindle. Yeah and, and project just, it on the wall. And you could just tap to get a look at the cover. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's an incredible idea. Somebody listening to this we have a lot of entrepreneurs here. They should start that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I love that. Um, what 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 kind of books do you read? What what's your who's um, some people that, so that you I like? I try and make my way through the booker list each year. The booker, what's that? Uh, the man booker. Okay. Yeah. Man yeah. It's a um, literary that. prize. Okay. Yeah. Great writers. It's an international thing or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Some yeah. people out there are probably like, God, I can't believe he hasn't heard of Man Booker, but. No, yeah, no, okay. no. It's, um, yeah. there's a list. Well, you know, because I'm from New Zealand, yeah. you know, maybe it's kind of more of a Pacific thing. Yeah. You know, this kind of half of the world, but it's quite a, um, uh-huh. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I try and do that and that's like my intelligent reading yeah. and then I have my research reading so when I start a topic or a new book I'll um, download a whole heap of stuff in that genre mm-hmm. and just read around it mm-hmm. see what people are into I've got to remember that I'm a commercial writer mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah is it true that that writers from New Zealand are just far superior than writers from Australia is that that's what I hear is that you know, I'm not <laughs> going to comment on that, actually, Dave. <laughs> I mean, no I mean, bites there. I, I, mean, I, I used to, when I play music in these bars in San Diego and whatever, we always had a lot of Australians and, and Kiwis come in. And, and so I always just like try to poke at the little, like, I noticed that they had, like, you know, if I mixed if I mixed them up and I was like, oh, you're from New Zealand. No, I'm from Australia. And then <laughs> so I was like, poke at that. Seems like you're not game. Um, yeah. So... Um, who are some? What are some of the books that you really love? Like, can you give me some examples of writers or books that you really enjoyed recently? Mm, sure. So, um, Family Life, Akhil Sharma. So that's a really short book. Um, it's a beautiful book about um, well, it's the f- within a family dynamic of a of a disabled brother mm-hmm. and and a non-disabled brother, and um, and what happened there. Um, what else? I'm quite getting into my ethnic authors right now, which pro- might sound quite bad, but sure. I did um, worked for the Writers' Festival in Ubud last year, and that okay. really opened my eyes to um, a whole lot of different people. I've heard awesome stuff about that, and I'm actually, I'm probably not going to be here this year for it. We're leaving and doing some traveling this summer, and probably won't necessarily come back to live here. 
Yeah. But I'm kind of bummed. We can't got here in November and it just ended. Mm. Um, is that that's really an amazing experience? It's amazing, huh? yeah. It's a, the Ubud Writers Festival. Yeah. Just for people out there, yeah. It's amazing. It's um, happening in, in October. Uh-huh. So yeah, mm. it's a big event for me. Um, I contribute to their blog and yeah, just try and help out. Tell me about what what actually what's that like? like what is it? Because I'm thinking, okay, now I'm, like sell me on it. I'm just curious. Like what's what actually goes on there? Like okay, so it's. Uh, a whole bunch of amazing authors get flown in by their publishers mm-hmm. um, and invited to have discussion panels. So they'll have kind of inflammatory topics or um, and the audience will get to ask them questions about their books. Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty enlightening. They also have separate topics and stuff. So they'll have, um, yeah, focus on this, the environment or that or and yeah, call mm-hmm. in authors that are relevant to that. And it's a lot of people, huh? I mean, yeah. it's a really big festival. It's big. The and town you get some explodes. good names, you know, that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah. I might have to fly out. I'm gonna maybe I'll bring a little like handy cam or like a little uh, recorder and do a bunch of interviews there. That'd be really fun. Mm, I was really inspired last year. So. What did you take away from it? Um. Just you know, like I was, I was kind of a little bit in the in circle in the sense that I was friends with some of the people that um, were in the marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, division there and so I really got to rub shoulders with a lot of different writers and just see the humanity because mm-hmm. I still had this sort of bourgeois idea about what it is to be a published famous author mm-hmm. and so really um, humanizing mm-hmm. that concept in my mind and just seeing these people as people which m- might seem childlike mm-hmm. that I didn't know that but I think we all do that to some extent yeah sort of just this little idea about fame and intelligence and you know, worth. And, mm-hmm. and so that's really disintegrated mm-hmm. um, during the festival last year. That was one great do you have, thing. Do you I have did. any stories of people that maybe stand out? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't really. <laughs> You're all in the yeah. anonymity here. But yeah, 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 sorry about um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, that's cool. So, but, and you got the chance to rub shoulders with them because you were on the inside, huh? Yeah, only because I was helping out and volunteering and contributing to the blog and interviewing them, but like you do. Mm-hmm. So normally mm-hmm. like I'll approach, um, I don't know, five or 10 authors mm-hmm. um, during the, the, the festival and do an interview with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do written interviews because it really gives them a chance to write, show their craft. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. usually really good at writing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, what are some other quirky writing habits that you've developed in writing every day now for the past several years and really, you know, being in it? Okay. So, uh, when I'm copywriting, which is a little bit different from, it's uh, a little bit more driven. I normally listen to quite, uh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't say hard house, but it's definitely deep. Um, deep house, deep whatever that funky means. house, <laughs> whatever that means. Okay, like, like dubstepish kind of stuff. Yeah, that there's okay. beats, you yeah. know, and I have uh, a lot of coffee. Yeah, and I just kind of plug in the earphones and just like shut like the world stacks out. Stacks of bills around your computer, <laughs> just maybe, like you know? boom, 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 and because yeah. um, I find that copywriting needs to be quite. I need to have quite a lot of energy for that, and mm-hmm. um, it makes the time go fast, and it makes me feel inspired, and yeah, yeah, it kind of relaxes me if I've got music in the background as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but with um, thriller writing, I uh, I actually just have classical right now, which is so naughty. I know. I think that kind of works <laughs> with thrillers in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like setting the scene yeah. for my. 
Do you have specific uh, um, composers that you like? No, nah, I just get a, a channel on SoundCloud okay. and just play that out. And um, it helps because there's no words. Right. But it That's also very important. S- yeah, it helps just, you know. That's sitting. the same for the house too. No words, right? Yeah, the I mean, there part. are some like words. words that you're not trying to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Almost every interview, we we talk about the the writers' playlists, and I love it. Yeah, and um, some people actually have they'll have an actual like let's say uh, Spotify playlist for certain books. Yeah, and it just or you know I I heard recently I think it was Tim Ferriss was talking about it in an interview. Uh, he was talking to Matt Mullenweg, who's the uh, founder of WordPress. And Matt gave this idea to Tim about playing one song over and over and over again. And the song could have lyrics because after a while, it's just not going to matter. Just taking one song and just playing it on repeat for hours and hours. Um, And I can see how that would would put you in a trance, which is essentially what you want, Mm. you know, which is why the no words things really works. Mm. And the other way I do it is either is to put in earplugs like really high grade earplugs. Oh yeah. Even when it's quiet and it just kind of shuts the brain inside. It's like this yeah. it's like listening to a seashell. You know that sound or is it yeah. just the yeah. Yeah. Well, I do the, you know, it's funny. I, I do the same thing I find with with just these Apple headphones, right? They don't really block out a, a tiny bit of noise if any. But the fact that I have headphones in tells my it's like it's like a signal. Yeah. To my to my brain that like you're focusing or you know it's mm. it, it, there's something about that I don't know it's like the sensation in my ear or something mm. that I, I do end up having easier time focusing. You know the other thing I do is turn the Wi-Fi off. Yeah. Because like I'll be having thoughts about characters and writing and um, instinctively I just want to research or or look or check and it means that I don't get my words out. Um, so I just highlight stuff. Check it later. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't get lost in the internet, you know. I've mm. never done that, actually. So It's <laughs> really good because every time you instinctively go to open a browser, yeah. oh, you can't because yeah, your yeah. Wi-Fi's off. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Yeah. I, I'll even, like, go and log off of Facebook sometimes to put, like, an extra step in. Yeah. Ooh. You know, because I'm really, yeah, I can really get lost in that. Yeah. Um, what would you what what are some of the fears you have as a writer what 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 do you like as you write and go through your day um yeah what are some of the what are some of the fears that come up you know i um the thing that challenges me a lot is dialogue and you know i work really hard to make uh, my dialogue authentic and that it's just going to sound like it's exposition you know that it's just that i'm telling a story instead of having a conversation so mm-hmm. that's the one kind of area of the craft that makes me just kind of wince a bit mm-hmm. um but you know there's this kind of fear that's developed since i started ghostwriting that I'll be stuck doing ghostwriting forever and I'll never get my own book out, Mm -hmm. which, you know, isn't of massive importance to me, but sometime in my life I want to write a book Mm -hmm. um, for myself. So, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of a fear there, just kind of what people will think. Yeah, I guess, you know, like I'm like anyone else, I care about what people think of me and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. When you... When you think about your own book and ideas, what sort of writing would you like to do? Or do you even have that? Do you have that pretty open? Uh, well, you know, I've got myself a plot and, a, and an outline. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I started a, a book about two years ago. And um, so, you know, like it's a examination of family. It's got some gore in there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I won't tell you about what it's about, but sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of focus on um, matriarchal relationships and that's quite, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. If I were to ask you the question, this may seem silly, but like, why do you write? Like, why, wh- why do you write? Like, why, it may be even before the, the, the profession of ghostwriting, but like, why did you write before? Mm. Like I just keep coming back to fun. I really enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, which doesn't sound very sincere or deep. But um, just the using of the words, using words, just sitting down, having stuff come out the end of my fingers. Mm -hmm. It's really, yeah, it feels Mm -hmm. really empowering. Mm -hmm. And it's um, a, a good way to just remove myself from the world like I'm quite an extrovert in the sense that I like to go out and party and meet people but mm-hmm. I spend a good amount of the day alone in my fantasies with in my head with my characters as well and mm-hmm. that's um gosh it's very comforting yeah to have that kind of I don't know um, I'm not sure what the word for it is mm-hmm. solitary mm-hmm. yeah with my thoughts mm-hmm. yeah yeah I had w- one of the interviews we did the was actually a woman who's a visual artist and and we were exploring this idea of the time between she's painting is kind of like foreplay you know you just and it's like you're thinking about the characters you're kind of getting psyched up and then and so it truly we're never not writing in that way if we're mm. or if we're because yeah, we wouldn't have anything to write if we weren't thinking about it on the off time or or mm. living and noticing things in our life and Mm. And so I love that. I love that because sometimes we think it's just black and white, like either writing or not writing. And, yeah. and I love the, the continuation of all that. Yeah, it's amazing what pops up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your writing comes out, you know, when uh, just like all the little things, you know, just even, I don't know, like the way the table's laid out, the way the things people say, the things people wear, often the dynamics between people that I see in public when I'm out at, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. will um, show up in my books. Mm-hmm. So... Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, any other pieces of advice you have for other writers or maybe even someone who wants to explore ghostwriting? Uh, look, if I were you and you want to make money off your writing, I would go about it really precisely and target the people that you could work for. Mm-hmm. Offer to work for them for free mm-hmm. to start with and get some good work up on your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Then use those names to get bigger jobs and paying jobs mm-hmm. and then go to writers festivals meet people network with publishers talk to other writers and don't be shy about saying yeah i'm a writer yeah mm-hmm. i need i need more writing gigs yeah. um go on elance and freelancer.com and copyfy and get um get those little jobs and mm-hmm. um, write every day as much as you can and yeah sort of try and give less of a shit about you know, how it comes out mm-hmm. than just getting it out. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I really believe in that concept of a muscle that if you work and work and break the muscle, then it will grow and mm-hmm. you'll... And honestly, like maybe... Like I do... I don't edit much, but I write a lot um, and then I'll go back and things don't really look good, I think, until the third go anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're going to kind of mm-hmm. pause and expect it to come out beautifully you know the first time mm-hmm. you know then you're quite quite handicapped yeah so yeah my advice would be just to like give less of a shit just get it on the page mm-hmm. yeah what are some ways that you stretch yourself as a writer because when i think about this practice and i love the idea of 
writing as a practice. That's really been a, it's been very freeing for me too as I write more. And so, what are some ways that you you stretch yourself to to grow as you're writing and practicing the art of writing? Okay, so generally I'll approach a subject that I don't understand or don't know. It's really easy to write about what you know. And um, mm-hmm. so to kind of make myself bigger um, or grow, I'll uh, yeah try and writing about ag- agriculture or just try setting them up, you know, in places that, yeah, new scenes, new, yeah, mm-hmm. introduce new people. Mm-hmm. So that would be what I do right now. Yeah. Um, in the past, I've done writing exercises and read books about writing and any particular exercises that stand out um no not really you know like a lot of the things i've done have been um self-exploratory in the sense that not so much you write a story of your life but you um go back to different events and you write you tell the story of them Mm-hmm. Um, at different times of your life um, in different ages mm-hmm. so speaking from a child's point of view and a woman's point of view and a men's point like just how the situations that you've been through would be perceived from other mm-hmm. perspectives so that's right. quite handy to develop the uh, I just got, I went back into my fantasy about the being a woman writer the oh it's so name, fun pen name, and, and then I thought to myself oh my gosh I get to pick out like maybe the, like a cool picture yeah and I could like come up with this whole bio of yeah. like oh my gosh yeah, this it's so really cool. good. I'm yeah. so glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Um, if you could write yourself a note and you could slip it back in time through the fabric of the universe um, to any point in your life, in your writing life, um, when would you slip it back and what would you say to yourself? Emma, you're really good at this. Stop worrying. And I'd put it back when I was maybe seven or eight mm-hmm. because, you know, like... I don't know, I took on a lot of what people told me when I was younger, you know, and that stopped me from writing for most of my teens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just give myself some affirmation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. I think that's so important to have someone there to, to, just even one voice when you're that young, I feel like makes such a huge difference. Mm. I, um, I, I heard the story that, this guy came up to me once after a show and miss singer and play guitar and and he said oh man i see you're you know you, i really enjoyed your your music and you know I, I i thought about singing but i don't i don't sing at all and i was like you don't sing at all man and he's like no but it, and he told me the story he said well you know once i was in church and um i was like five years old and i was singing for jesus and i was really singing loud and, <laughs> and my grandmother kind of like shushed me and she says she's like she's like billy she's like jesus wouldn't want you to sing like that Oh, and they've like oh never sang god. again, you know. It's the end. It's terrible. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. And it's like that's awful. Oh, that's terrible. That's really awful. So, um, words of encouragement uh, at that age, I just think, are amazing, and and I mm. appreciate that story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Emma, for joining me. I I'm kind of amazed at the amount of awesome ideas we came out of this. And yeah, it's good. Huh? I'm gonna go go out and enroll some entrepreneurs and making some of the stuff we talked about yeah you uh, can have those ideas totally well we'll make sure to put our put our (laughs) name on it or something at the end of it Um, yeah yeah thanks so much and, and good luck with all your writing thank you